And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off at still smooth productions <laughs> oh big golf huh all right well see you later and the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world i think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and chipotle at st bales in senseless members welcome in friends to the bold nonsense podcast yes that's where we are you are i've been saying and i kind of like it deep in the depths of episode 125 here on bold nonsense on 9 5 2020 yes uh recording on a saturday hopefully recording the day that you're listening uh maybe you know at least the weekend that you're listening, usually recording on Friday, today recording on a Saturday. Look, I'll just say it, uh, we took last week off, so back from a week off. Um, you know, le- last week was a difficult week for, for a lot of people, and, and we try and stay extremely positive and kind of this, we like to be a show of positivity and, look, Nobody wants to hear us come and preach to them, so we don't want to do it. We just want to want to be out here talking sports and doing and having a good time and and talking about what we love. That's you know, smooth and I, and, and that's kind of what we want the show to be. And we just felt like either we shouldn't or couldn't last week. So that's however you feel about it. So we took the week off, and uh, you, then this week, a uh, couple of three year old twins around. So it's you know, record times are hard, but hey. We're getting it done, and we're loving it, and uh, you know, family first every time. So we're having a good time, and we're gonna have a good time today on episode one twenty five. Like I said, um, recording on Saturday, so all of this will actually actually be up to date, which will be interesting, huh? A little new stuff for you, throwing a curveball at one twenty five. I'm at Walsh Disney, happiest host on earth. You took journalism. Yeah, get out of here. And it'll just be me for today, and uh, we're just gonna fly through this and do kind of like a. Uh, it's something that's weird. We like to throw games at you. We like to throw uh, kind of distractions at you and then give our takes on stuff. But uh, we don't like to be as traditional all the time. But today, it's going to be a little bit more traditional. Sometimes it's just got to happen. Week to week, we're finding different stuff uh, to, to do with this podcast, and it's fun. Um, so today will be more of like just this, the pure rundown takes kind of kind of a show. So let's get into it. But do have to stay with our classics, and that's our first big classic of trivia. Trivia! Trivia! Yeah, trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Welcome back. 
back to Jeopardy. Going to make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Okay, trivia. Last week, we had a pretty good question for you. It was what MLB player, I guess two weeks ago. I guess two weeks ago. What MLB player has the record for most grand slams, grand slams, big salamis, in one inning? What MLB player has the record for most grand slams in one inning? Answer in three, two, one. That is Fernando Tatis. On April 23rd, 1999, Tatis hit two grand slams in one inning and also set a record with eight RBIs in that one inning. Makes sense. Two grand slams, eight RBIs. But uh, that was that was topical. You might Fernando Tatis might ring a bell. Fernando Tatis Jr. is currently tearing up the MLB and making waves in a divisive way. But who cares? This podcast, we love it. Okay, this week's question. Pretty simple one. Who was the first NFL rookie of the year? Who was the first NFL Rookie of the Year? Find out on episode 126 while we take it to the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it. And boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters and I I thought I was supposed to yell it. In the news this week, we actually have a good amount of it. But we're going to start in the NFL. In the NFL being less than a week away. Can you even believe it? Look, this is... This is I've heard some people start to mock people who are getting excited about the NFL coming back. What can you say? What can you say? People have been waiting for this for a long time. The only thing to say is, can't believe it's back. We've been through so much, and the only thing to say is you can't believe it's back. Because we can't believe it's back. So making fun of the people who are saying that doesn't make any sense. This is what we've been waiting for, and this is kind of the sign that, hey, let if we keep doing the things we need to do, we're going to get through this. This is like our, our light. This is a track, and let's follow it. So uh, it, it's amazing that it's back, and we can't wait, and we're going to be super excited. We're really going to hit We're going to hit the season hard. We got some plans, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pre- pretty fun. Um, that's kind of the official kickoff. Look, I know sports are back, but this is kind of the official of really everything in sports is back, um, and we're gonna try it. So it's gonna be fun. But let's get into the news of this week because we've had a, we've had a good amount of it. The NFL is, is in full preseason swing. It kind of you know snuck up on us, but it's in full preseason swing, almost getting into full season swing. Uh, and the first thing that happened and is happening now are releases, roster cuts, that kind of thing. And because of that, uh, deals are getting done with, with cap space opening up. And stories are coming out. So let's get to it with Leonard Fournette 
being released by the Jags, former number four overall pick, and then being signed by the Bucks. What's going on? Okay, so let's start with the Jags releasing Leonard Fournette. Uh, he just doesn't fit. If you look at the stats, it's going to be very deceiving because he puts up stats. He's a, he, he is the word the term that I I have heard and I like the most is a stat compiler. He doesn't actually. It it reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook. There was a lot of triple doubles happening, especially you know a couple of years ago, dominating with triple doubles, but it it wasn't really leading them anywhere. It could it could win them regular season games, but it, when it came time to it, it wasn't getting them anything. Um, and, and that's in basketball. In the NFL, it's a lot harder to be a, have an impact as a stat compiler. And that's what Fournette is. He was getting so many touches and force-fed the ball that everything started to look great. But if you watch the games, there was zero impact to it. So everybody wants to say, well, he's a, he's a dual threat now. He took last offseason and learned how to catch. It was all these little dumpy swing passes and a lot of screens that really didn't get much or, or affect the game in any way. And then they'd have to get back into the eye. You've got Gardner Minshew in an eye set. And it's just none of it makes any sense. And DJ Chark's out there trying to block his life off. And even though he's a better player at this point, and it's like, what are we doing here? So they get rid of him. He's been a locker a locker room headache, always complaining, getting going off the bench and punching people, having to be suspended by the team multiple times. This was a guy who who was a dominant force at, at, at LSU, came into the NFL as a number four pick, way too high of a draft pick uh, to spend on, a, on an old school running back, and then thought that he was what he wasn't. And so he needed... A humbling. And when you get cut by the Jags, that should be humbling. And I think Brady will be able to kind of put everything into perspective for him. I, I'm hoping. You know, that's that it's got some solid vets over there in uh in Tampa Bay. And Bruce Arians, I think, will talk honestly with him. I think Tom Brady will be be honest with him, but encouraging. He's got that that leadership of like, I'm gonna give it to you straight. But it's never going to be demeaning. It's always going to be this positivity, which is why Brady is Brady. And then Gronk's going to have fun, and, and but also show him how to work. Gronk's going to be the lead by example guy. So I think it'll be good for him. I don't think he'll do much. Um, I think he'll be Legarrette Blunt is the for the Patriots is the best thing to compare him to. A goal line guy, a very effective goal line guy, short distance guy. And a changeup, um, which would be good for the Bucks. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think it'll be good for Leonard Fournette as well. I don't see him being this huge star, but I see him being a very effective player and somebody that affects a football game. And that is what you're looking for, not somebody who gets stats and doesn't affect the game, but somebody who might have less stats and actually affects the game. I think he'll be a better player in Tampa Bay than he was in Jacksonville, but a, a smaller name in Tampa Bay than he was in Jacksonville. So those things uh, don't really match up, but it actually be better for him. Okay, let's go with the Seahawks are signing Josh Gordon. I don't take almost anything from this. Josh Gordon, uh, look, I think we've all gotten to the point where we're rooting for the guy because uh, of everything he's been through and he's been pretty open about it. And 
try to shed some light on some hard things that pe- a lot of people go through. So I think everybody's rooting for him, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be effective. And I don't think this means much. He's get his breakout season. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. He's getting old. He was a lot slower. He's had a lot of lower leg, lower body injuries. Um, I would be surprised if he plays all 16. I'll be surprised if he's overly effective. I think his effect, talking about affecting the game the way with Fournette, his thing will be if he can be good enough to lighten things, lighten um, coverages for DK and Tyler Lockett. Just good enough that they can't completely ignore him. Because right now he's a name. But teams aren't going to care about that. They're going to want to see something first. So be good enough to lighten the coverages for DK and Tyler Lockett. And that'll be an effective signing. That's what we're looking for here. Cam is the official starter in New England. And a captain. Named a captain. So there you go. I don't think anybody's necessarily surprised by this. A guy who was won the MVP. Now, look, I'm not a I'm not a Cam guy. Uh, I was, but I've kind of changed my tune on him. And a lot of people are expecting a lot of big things, and I'm not. I expect him to be good, not great, like he is. That's who he is. He is good, not great. People look at him as great. I think he's good. He's decently accurate, but not accurate, if that makes sense. He's not to the point where you'd be like, oh, that's an accurate quarterback. But he's not um, what people think of Josh Allen. So he's in between that. He's in between Josh Allen and an accurate quarterback. And I think that leads to good, but not great. Um, so we'll see where the Patriots end up. I think they they fight for a playoff spot because they got Bill Belichick, and I think that offense is going to work perfectly for Cam, it's just going to, they're going to design everything and he's going to get a lot of good stuff coming from the offense. That's not necessarily him, but is more Josh Daniels and Bill Belichick. Um, and you know, you don't take that away from the guy, you know, he's still going to do it. So expect, like I said, good, not great. Washington releases Adrian Peterson. So, um, that opens a lot. He was still, th- this is very interesting to me, just what it says about the Washington football team. That's a leader for you, on, an on the field leader for that team, and has been. And it was the bulk of your production in the past two years, at least. He's an older guy. So I guess you're trying, you're just going young on offense. And what really what it tells me is you want to be more out. Let's go the fantasy route. You want to be more out on that offense. They are going to be the prime example of the defensive football team. They're going to try and win games on defense, be super, uh, I would say, not conservative, but but more careful on the offensive side with young guys. They're going to run the ball a lot. 
They're going to try and go, you know, probably some play action or a lot of swing pass stuff. Think of the Panthers last year, what they were trying to do, although their defense was terrible. It's going to be fairly safe. Not a lot of shots. They're going to be opportunistic with their shots downfield to Terry McLaurin. But probably he's going to be more of an intermediate guy this year, and there's going to be a lot of swing stuff. Um, because I, I, I think they know they're young, and I think they're trying to ease the offense in while just letting the defense explode. So uh, if you're thinking fantasy, like I said, down more down on the offense. Maybe bring that defense up a little bit. That's going to be a sneaky guy, a sneaky one for you. It's a Washington defense. Um, Trubisky. Good old Mitch. He's the starter for in Chicago. And this has been talked about. I mean, some of the people I, that I listen to have been saying, you can't not do this. Because how do you go, hey, Nick Foles is our starter. He's already beaten Trubisky. And then if Foles is terrible, say, uh, well, now we're bringing back Mitch back in. That team, would, a team, everybody on the defensive side of the ball would just throw their hands up and let them drop uh, in defeat immediately after that announcement. So you have to do this. Uh, I don't think it'll be good. I don't think it'll be good. I think Bears fans are just going to be waiting. But I also don't think Foles is going to be all that good. So you can kind of see where this is going. It's not going to be a good season for the Bears. And hopefully they get... Uh, I don't think they'll be good, bad enough to get up in the number one area. So you're looking for Justin Fields. That kid from uh, North Dakota State. I can't remember his name right now, but that kid from North Dakota State where Wentz went. That's what you're looking for. Better luck next season. How about a big one that just dropped today? If we had recorded this yesterday, we wouldn't even have had this on here. And then we would have looked like schmucks. Uh, and that also that happens a lot for us, which is unfortunate based on the time that we record. But hey, we're ready. We're actually getting the benefits of the Friday news dump. And this is a big one. Deshaun Watson has gotten an extension. The original reporting coming out just you know a couple hours ago was four years, $160 million for Deshaun Watson. And now I'm seeing that it's actually 177. So somewhere between 160 177 million dollars for four years for Deshaun Watson. Definitely earned it. Been carrying that team, been the playmaker, opening things up down the field and underneath with his ability to move a little bit uh, makes the, the interior, the, the middle of the defense a lot softer. So good for Deshaun Watson, well-deserved, and I think he is going to have uh, – he, he might be one where they don't win a lot, but he puts up some big numbers. And as a quarterback, you really can't put up stats without being effective uh, on the football game. So I think he's going to be a good one, and he's just one of the – most fun players to watch. He is Patrick Mahomes without the ability, uh, not without the ability, with, without the light shining on him and without the pieces around him. The, I think that the Texans this year, they're Chiefs light. They're looking for, they went and got speed on the outside. If that line can play halfway decently, that defense isn't going to be as good. But if that, that offense can, that offensive line can be halfway decent, then those pieces in the pieces on the outside, that's the thing. If they stay healthy, 
the, the issue with the Texans, the reason they're Chiefs light is because it's like they've got three Sammy Watkins. You never know if they're going to be healthy. But if they are, they're all effective. With Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, it, none of them are Tyreek Hill. But they could, if they stay healthy, they could be pretty big this year. They could be pretty big this year. I'm high on them. Okay, let's move to the NBA. They are in the heart of their playoffs, but we got an unveiling. We got a little Hornets, some Hornets uniforms. If you haven't seen those, go take a look. They're kind of a mix between new school, old school, and I really like the look, to be honest. Uh, it's like the pinstripey, the old blue. It's always looking. It looks pretty good down there. Now, is the team going to be good anytime soon? Well, who knows? But they're going to look good being bad. Brandon Ingram has won, has won uh, most improved player this year. I feel like you found that confidence, and I'm excited to see where the Pelicans get to next year because it's going to be it's going to be impressive. John Morant won one Rookie of the Year. No surprise there. Uh, you know, as a Blazers fan, when we were looking for that eight or nine spot, I was really worried. I was really worried. Like I thought we were the Blazers were playing better. Then the Grizzlies at that point, but I did not want to be nine because I thought Ja, with just how hard he plays and how effective he he can be, he's a killer. And I thought he could he could will that team to one win out of the three. But if we got to the eighth spot, I didn't think he could get the two. I didn't think he could get two. So I was glad we got the eight and they got the nine. But Ja definitely deserved for rookie of the year. And then Montrez Harrell, six man. For the Clippers, that's absolutely. I mean, he is he is energy. He he is he's impressive. He's got toughness. He's got the energy, and and he can he can really help them. I mean, defensively, he kind of anchors them. I would say uh, Kawhi is not the anchor. Kawhi is kind of the floater, but in the middle, see, I I would say it's Harrell, and offensively, what he provides. Like I say that energy and that, and that toughness on the inside, and the ability to kind of mix it up and and then still hit shots. So this is one of the more deserved ones that I've seen in a while. Absolute curveball, absolute shocker! Uh, you know, a couple of days ago with Nets hiring Steve Nash to a four-year deal. So what does that tell us? I mean. This is kind of the the new move in coaching is to demand a little bit longer deal. It's never going to be the six-year. Um, obviously, with the Nets, who are wanting to win quickly with Kyrie and Durant coming back next year. So this will be pressure, but it also gives him a little bit of time to figure what he's doing out because uh, he's going to be young. It's not like he, I don't – from everything you hear, it's not really like – been coaching, been gearing up for this. He's up at Jerry Stackhouse or Duncan, who have been working on this for a while. He's just kind of getting thrown into the fire, and we'll see how it works out. But playoffs, playoffs. We got four series going on. The Heat lead the Bucks three to nothing. And I said a couple weeks ago, I thought the Bucks were going to be done with this whole thing. I thought they had matured through all of their difficulties in the playoffs, and thought they grew together. And here they are, down 3 nothing to the Heat. And I think it's, you know, Giannis can only do so much. And yes, he's got some fire. But does he, he have his ridiculous wingspan out 
pushing the rest of the team along? I don't know. I think he's trying to do it by example, but sometimes you got to push these guys. And you can say what you you want about Jimmy Jimmy Butler. I don't really like Jimmy Butler, but he is he is somebody who can. It's gonna it's gonna be less of a, an armed embrace pushing you forward, and more of a fists flying around and hands punching, you know, palm strikes to your back trying to push you forward. It's gonna be more aggressive, but he is pushing the team forward, and you can see their edge with the Heat. And the Bucks just don't have that. Whether it's Giannis needing to push the team, whether it's they need to find somebody to to help that guy out. Because the gap between him and the second is just too far. It's, it, it, it's too far from Giannis to the next guy, and you don't see that with the Heat. The Celtics in the Raptors series, Boston's up 2-1 as, as of this moment. They do play today um this is a good series this is a kind of grinded out series this is two teams who will play defense who who will get in your face and kind of sit down that that strong defensive position and you got to get that image from them um there's some grit to them the offense isn't going to be nearly as flashy but they're efficient and they play really good basketball. So this is a if you're you're a true like basketball aficionado, this is a series you want to be watching. It's going to be less one-on-one ball and, and more team stuff and defense. If you love that, go watch this series. It's, and it's also been highly entertaining. You know, buzzer beaters galore, uh, passes over Taco Fall for that buzzer buzzer beater. Uh, so it, it's very impressive. I think this one's going to go down to the wire and. Really, it's it's just kind of it could go either way because because you you want to say that cliche of like who wants it more really it's just who's gonna fight for it and usually when you say that you you lean one way or the other here you can't lean one way or the other I wouldn't say that like the Raptors oh don't they don't they don't want it as much as the Celtics both of these teams want it a lot both of these teams are willing to fight for it and it's just it's just gonna be really interesting. It's just going to be really interesting because I, I don't think uh, they're very similar. They're very similar, and that always makes for a good series. Moving on to the Western Conference, Houston leads the Rockets. Uh, oh, excuse me. Houston leads the Lakers. They're up one nothing. They they play tomorrow as you're listening to this, um, or if you're listening to this on Saturday. We saw this with the with the Lake with the Lakers Blazers series. Blazers went up one nothing. Lakers kind of take the. They're a LeBron team. They take the first game to figure out what's going on, and then they make their adjustments. So I don't think this means anything. The, the Rockets are doing their small ball thing, and I think they're going to make their adjustments. I think they're going to going to figure it out. I think their players are going to get more aggressive. Like they usually take the first punch, but then they come back up, come back swinging. So. Um, I'm still going Lakers in this series. I just don't see it from the Rockets. I mean, they struggle with the Thunder. The last series, the Clippers and the Nuggets. Clippers lead Denver 1-0. I'm going to, you know, I just think the Clippers have got it. They, They seem to be energized with Beverly coming back. And the Nuggets were just in a real, really hard series. Um... And then you see you see the the interview uh, 
right after with Murray, right after the the last game of the Jazz series, he's like, we got to play in two days. They were exhausted. And I don't think they're – if you're that exhausted, especially from your leader in Murray, it doesn't bode well. It doesn't bode well. With the Clippers getting a shot of energy in the the Nuggets, showing you that they're pretty tired, I think the Clippers are going to take this and – yeah, you know, Nuggets will get a couple games, maybe one or two, but Clippers got it in the bag for me. Okay, let's move on. Uh, baseball, we got to talk about Tom Seaver. In my opinion, best Met ever. Um, you know, pitcher for pitcher for the Mets. If you guys, you know, guys don't know who Tom Seaver is just just go look up his stuff. I mean, not only was he he one of the best pitchers of all time, he's also this this leader. And, and, you know, you think of the Mets now, and I think people who, the casual baseball fan, heard of the Mets, kind of a disaster, right? But Tom Seaver had it, and, and they weren't. They were the opposite. I mean, they were, they were this amazing team back when Tom Seaver was there, and he was re- really leading it. And it's one of those, not just a team leader, Tom Seaver was an organization leader. And those are hard to find, and he definitely was one of them. And as for a pitcher to do it, you know, being one of the guys not playing every day, it really shows you a lot about him. So uh, Tom Seaver, I mean, this is devastating in the, in the baseball world and definitely somebody that will be missed. He had his own glove. Uh, you know, friend of this podcast for, and uh, a, a legend in some of these circles, our dude Gates. He always had the Tom Seaver glove in high school, high school ball. He, he had the Tom Seaver glove, and that was a legendary glove. And you knew it was because uh, it was a Tom Seaver glove. So it's just one of the crazy stories. Uh, Tom Seaver, uh, rest in peace. And in, in uh, college football, Look, there's some momentum for the Big Ten, the Pac-12. Uh, government's working with them to try and get them testing, trying to get this out there because, because look, you can say what you want about all oh, you know, sports, sports, it's just sports. Uh, it matters in this country, especially football, and you can say what you want about that. But football matters in this country, uh, and, it, and it's big. It, it matters a lot, and for college football. It, it doesn't just matter to the people who are watching. It matters to the people who are playing it. It matters to economies. It has far-reaching effects on where these colleges are and the towns around them. It's bigger than we like to think it is. And sometimes it's... You know, I feel like people are almost embarrassed about how big and important it is in our country. Don't be. Because it's got major effects uh, on a lot of people's lives and the government's working with them to try and get them back because that's how important it is. And I, you know, I think it's a good thing. But the issue is they said they weren't going to do it. The Pac-12 doesn't look like it has any interest in going. The Big Ten has got a lot of pressure to get going. It's, it's, you know, with the big schools there, like Ohio State is kind of leading that charge to get back to playing. Um and then you've got the SEC, the ACC, and no one knows what the Big 12 is doing. But you've got Clemson in the ACC, who's supposed to have a great year. And now the reports are, well, let's work with the Big 10 and the Pac-12, and maybe let's push this back 
Let's push college football back and let everybody start at the same time. And Dabo, Dabo Sweeney, head coach of the uh, of the Clemson Tigers, is saying, "I'm not waiting for people. We're gearing up to go." And now, in, in the final hour, you want to pull us all back? You can't do that. And I totally agree with him. Look, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten—they made their decisions. If they weren't willing to to push the envelope, get the testing done, get the protocols done, work all that stuff out, and get to playing. That shouldn't affect the SEC, the ACC, and potentially the Big 12. They made their decisions. They want to try and play. They're going to miss the boat and have to have to find their own boat. Because I feel like, especially the Pac-12, they've been hopping on ferries for, for far too long and joining other people's boats. They need to find their own and start making decisions, and start to, if they want to put a priority on on college football, then put a priority on college football, because they haven't been for too long. They've been kind of, I don't know, riding people's coattails for far too long, and they need to make a decision on it. Lastly, let's go to the PGA, and the Tour Championship is going on right now. The uh, Tour Championship is kind of a crazy one, because you get strokes to start with, like Dustin Johnson started at 12 under, um... And Justin Rom was right behind him, so you kind of you're gonna go in based on points and tournament, all this stuff, um, and and you get these certain strokes. So let's just show you where we are as of now. Dustin Johnson, who started at one, is still at one. Rom started at two. I think he was either one or two strokes behind Dustin Johnson. He has tied him. Justin Thomas is at three. He's only two two shots back from the leader. Rory McIlroy at four is, let's do a quick math here, just getting four shots back from the leader. Uh, and then you've got a lot of people in contention. And this is going to be a, a really tightly contested turn. And there's a lot of money on the line. If you if you are a better uh, or if you just like to watch the, a lot of things change, I would definitely watch this tournament. I watched it last year and I'm going to be watching it this weekend. It's like with every shot, they'll give you um, the, it's all based on the money. So it'd be like, oh, well, that shot, he just gained $7 million. Or he'll be like this percentage up, it'll be like 10% more chance that he won another $7 million. It's all this crazy stuff where it's like it changes shot to shot. And they'll keep you updated on it. It just makes the whole tournament really fascinating. Now, there's, it, it shows you and they tell you with every shot what's on the line. And it adds this, this crazy intensity to golf where that's usually missing, especially if it's not the last day. So I, if, if you got the, sh- the, the opportunity, I would go watch this tournament. And if you are a betting man, I would throw some money down on Rory. There's some numbers. He just had a kid. Congratulations to him and his wife. There are some numbers that say once you have a kid, you start golfing a whole lot better. So this will be really interesting. Plus, he's only in fourth. Uh, it's already gained up a good, a decent amount of ground. Four shots back today. Uh, I'll, I'll, if I were a betting man, I'd throw money down on Rory. But I'm really excited to watch this tournament. You should be too. Okay. That's the news, and nearly that's the show. Just wanted to kind of give you the more classic news rundown and some takes. The last thing I want to say before we get out of here is the BN Lee. We we were we uh, drafted this past weekend 
this last weekend and uh much thank you to to everybody who who hopped in with us the captains in there uh, at St. Bales is in in this uh in this league with us uh, and then we've got we just got some senseless members we got a lot of senseless members in here uh that are, that are going to be having a good time with us playing some fantasy football, talking a lot of Mets. And we're really excited for it. And we'll probably break down that draft a little bit and, and, and talk a lot more about fantasy football. And maybe we'll just keep you updated, try and help you out a little bit with fantasy. Because, you know, Smooth won like three leagues last year. And your boy here, well, your boy here on the mic right now. You know Sometimes I suck. Sometimes I'm good. So <laughs> take that as you will. Maybe we'll talk fantasy this year, but I'm really excited for the Heavy Artillery League. There's going to be a lot of points. It's going to be a lot of fun. So with that, that's the show. Find us on Twitter at Bold underscore Nonsense. We're going to hit Twitter pretty hard this year. Once Next week when football season starts, we're going to throw be throwing out a lot more on Twitter. So be ready for that. Be ready for that. Uh, Instagram, bold.nonsense. That's the best place to find us right now. But hey, we're going to, like I said, Twitter is going to be coming up. And if you want to get real personal with it, email us at boldnonsensepodcast at gmail.com. Find the show on the weekend, usually out Saturdays. Like I said, today's a little bit later, but usually out on Saturdays. iTunes and Spotify, those are the best places. SoundCloud and iHeartRadio after that. I'm at Walt Disney. If you love it, love us. Four still smooths much love. And hey, this is Bold Nonsense. This is episode 125. This is your invitation to just keep it positive, keep it moving, keep having some fun, and be ready for next week and football to come out and keep up with us. And this is also your invitation to stay senseless. Have a good weekend, everybody. Uh, You know, like we said, much love. Stay safe. Stay positive. Let's have a good time. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Thank you very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go.